you. It's wonderful to be with you guys this morning. It's been a while since I've preached to people. Um, so forgive me if I'm a little bit rusty. Um, if I'm a bit slow this morning, it's just the cogs are going to be turning again. Um, yeah, so are we expectant this morning? Amen? Yes. I just wonder if you could just bow your heads just, just now. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you that we can sit here at home or in the building and receive your word. Lord, open our ears to hear this morning. Open our eyes to see. Open our hearts to receive. Lord, I thank you that your word does not return empty. Lord, that it accomplishes everything it has set out to do. So Lord, do the work that only you can do this morning. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be reading from John 13:34. If you could put the slide up, it'd be great. It says this: "A new commandment I give to you, that you are to love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another." There's lots of loves in that verse. In that verse. In that verse, you are to love one another, just as I have loved you. And you are to love one another three times. And that word love is agape, or some people say agape, is agape. And that form of love is the highest form of love. It is a sacrificial type of love. If you look in the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, the first one is what? It's love. And that one in Galatians is agape, or agape. So it's something we can grow in. If it's the fruit of the Spirit, it's God's fruit. It's not the fruit of Reuben, the fruit of Steve. It's the fruit of the Spirit. That means it's God's fruit. And it's God who grows that within us. So today I want to show you how we can grow in love. And the best way we can grow in love is to grow in love for God. I think the overflow of growing in love for others is growing in love for God. And it's just a natural overflow. I don't think I've ever met anyone who loves God with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their strength and body and soul, but just despises people and just sits on the corner like... Ugh. Maybe the Pharisees. Might have a few Pharisees. Hopefully not. <laughs> but that is the hope this morning, that I show you a little bit how to love Jesus more. I can't make you love Jesus. It's only you. You can only surrender your life to Jesus. So I'm going to be reading from the Song of Solomon. It is a book that really isn't touched. I haven't heard many sermons on it. Um, that's really why I wanted to dive into it and touch a book of the Bible that hasn't really been touched. Um, when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus, when his disciples, and Jesus came along and the disciples were walking and talking and they were discussing what's just happened after his death. And Jesus comes along and they were discussing scripture. And Jesus comes along and he opens a scripture and the Bible says he read everything that was appointed about him. He read everything that was about him. And everything in the Bible, I believe, points to Jesus in some way or form. You have to dig deep, but I believe in pretty much every verse, Jesus is in there. So we're going to discover Jesus in these few verses and how we can love him more. Are you expectant? Yeah, I want you to leave with a full course in your belly, feeling full feeling nourished, feeling you can get out of your sofa just about and out on that door. 
and feeling ready for the week. Amen? Amen. So, we'll kick off. The greatest command. The Pharisees say, Jesus, what is the greatest command? And Jesus replies this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the greatest commandment. With all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Now, the early church fathers, they got together and they thought, right, how are we going to put those three things into the Bible? A heart, soul, mind. And they discovered that there's three books in the Bible which really encapsulate these things. Your heart, your emotions. The Song of Solomon really focuses on God's emotions and how we can love God with our emotions. The mind, intellect. That really focuses on Romans, the legal side to our faith, how we have transitioned from death to life. And then we've got our might, our power. If you read Revelation, you see God's power, his glory, and that really focuses on his power. But Song of Solomon really helps us to love God with our emotions. Love is an emotional form and can be physical as well. But this is how we can love God with our emotions. So verse 9. I'm just going to read it out. And then we'll go through a few verses and see where we get. So verse 9, it says this. What is your beloved more than any other beloved, O most beautiful among women? What is your beloved more than any other beloved that you thus adjure us? My beloved is radiant and ruddy, distinguished among 10,000. His head is the finest gold, and his locks are wavy, black as a raven. His eyes are like the doves beside streams of water, bathed in milk sitting beside a full pool. His cheeks are like beds of spices, mouths of sweet-smelling herbs. His lips are like lilies, dripping with liquid myrrh. You may read that and go, what? What on earth? Liquid myrrh? Lilies? Gold? What's this all about? But that would have meant something back then, so we're going to uncover what it means for us today, because the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword, it cuts to our lives straight today, and it still has plenty of relevance today. So, first verse, verse 9 even. The women of Jerusalem, they're asking, why do you love this guy? In other words, why do you love Jesus? There's two interpretations to this book. The majority of commentaries focus on the spiritual, and there's a few focusing on the literal. So the literal Solomon and the literal Shulamite bride. But the focus we're going to be taking today is the spiritual. Jesus is spiritually Solomon, and the bride is spiritually us. We are the bride of Christ. Amen? We are his people. So the first, verse 9, people are asking, why do you love Jesus? They might ask, someone might come up to you sometime, why do you love him? Why have you given everything to him? Why have you surrendered your life to him? And it's really good to have a word in season today, why you love the Lord. Because tomorrow or next day, someone at work may say, oh, what did you do on Sunday? You might go, oh, I went to church and I heard this word. And they might say, oh, what's church about? I've heard church, you just sit in a dusty pew and listen and leave. And you say, no, church is a lot more about that and etc. than you can go on about what we believe. And it's great to have a word right now. So, the bride goes and says 12 phrases why we should love Jesus. We're not going to go through all of them because it's going to take ages. Um, we're just going to go through a few. 
and that's really enough. So she says, my beloved is radiant and ruddy, distinguished among 10,000. First of all, it starts off with my beloved. It is a personal relationship, straight off. I love it, just straight there, personal relationship, why we should love God. My beloved is personal, is radiant and ruddy. What's radiant? Radiant is bright. When you step outside today, you can't look at the sun because it's so bright. But it's saying that Jesus is bright. When you look in Revelation, it says that his face is like the many suns. And his eyes are like fire. He is radiant. And the radiant speaks of God's glory. And ruddy. Ruddy speaks of red. If you think um, David was described as someone who was ruddy in appearance. And that speaks of his humanity. So God is both glorious and he's both human. Jesus is both fully God and fully man. As we read already in Philippians 2. It says distinguished among 10,000. That word distinguished is quite cool. It means to raise up a flagpole, quite literally. He is distinguished among, he's raised up among 10,000, as we've already seen in Philippians 2. He is higher than any other name. 10,000. 10,000 what? You can put anything there. 10,000 cars, 10,000 phones. He is higher than all those other things. It says his head is the finest gold. His locks are wavy, black as a raven. His head speaks of his leadership. Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body of Christ. So his leadership is the finest of gold. In the tabernacle, the closer you are to the Holy of Holies, the more gold there is. So gold speaks of the glory. So you go into the Holy of Holies, you have the Ark of the Covenant, you have all these other amazing things, and everywhere is gold. So it speaks of the glory. So in other words, his leadership is glorious. If you think of Psalm 23, he is the good shepherd, isn't he? He leads us beside still waters. He leads us to places where we need to be. He takes us through valleys and on top of mountains in seasons where we need to be. It says his head, his locks are wavy. It speaks of his hair. It also speaks of his humanity again. We're getting a bit of a repetition here, aren't we? That God is fully, fully man and fully God. I think, this, I think the, the Bible's telling us something. Black as a raven. Now, a raven is an unclean animal in Leviticus. If you look through all the different animals, they couldn't eat it. If you think Elijah, when he was fed, he was fed by what? A raven, yes. It speaks of the uncleanness. And what did God do? He lived a perfect, sinless life without sin. But he took on our sin. He bore our shame on the cross. It says his eyes are like doves. Now going back to that picture in Revelation, remember what we said? His face is like the many suns. In other words, he is bright. But if in Revelation it says his eyes are like fire. Now when you go outside, don't look at the sun because it will blind you. But you know the sun's bright, you don't even have to look at it. But because God's face, it says that he is wrapped in light. But for his eyes to be fire. They have to be brighter than his face. How is that possible? 
The sun is bright as it is. God's face is, is, is bright. But his eyes are even brighter. His eyes are like doves. And in his eyes is the activity of the Holy Spirit. In his eyes you will find your prize. When you look at him, when you gaze upon his beauty, you may ask, how do I look at Jesus? How do I look at him? He's not here. He is here, but we can't see him. How do you look at Jesus? To look at Jesus is to give our full attention to him. Is to say, I put everything down all my distractions and you say Jesus I will look at you I will give you everything in this moment and today if you maybe come here and you're feeling a bit weary a bit dry that you're just clinging on to your faith just getting by the next verse says this his eyes are beside streams of water bathed in milk sitting beside a full pool in other words, if you feel dry, look in his eyes, because that's where you're going to get fed. In the feeding place is looking in his eyes. When we give God our full attention, when we sit down and read the, ver- read the Bible, when we digest his word, when we hear his voice, that's when we get fed. So if you're feeling spiritually nourished, look in his eyes. Because it says it's bathed in milk. And what is the land? The land of honey and milk. He provides food for us. So, so far we've covered quite a lot. But all this, what's what's the point of learning all this? Is it just stuff? Is it just to learn more about Jesus? Of course. But we learn more about Jesus so we can love him more. So we can love others more. And the overflow of loving Jesus more, remember, is to love others more. So let's get on with the next verse. The next verse says this, in verse 13. It says, his cheeks are like beds of spices, mounds of sweet-smelling herbs. Or the Americans say, herbs. Sweet-smelling herbs. His cheeks. Now the cheeks are the centre of all emotions. If you just smile under your mask... Great smiles, I can see them all. Got x-ray vision. <laughs> and if you do an angry face. Hmm. See how the cheeks move? And if you blush, the cheeks go red. So the cheeks are the centre of emotion. So in other words, it's saying God's emotions are varied. God is not just a happy, clappy God all the time. He's just not that. He's got so many more emotions because he's human like us. And he's also divine. Some days God might give you a rebuke. He might say no. Other days he might just be a comforter. Other days he might be a father. So this is God's emotions and it's like a bed of spices. And in order to smell a spice when it's first opened, you have to be close. In other words, if you want to smell God's fragrance, get close to him. In James it says, when I draw near to God and he will draw near to you. His lips are like lilies. A scientific research paper was conducted by some scientists and they found something amazing about lilies. Of course, lilies are very diverse. 
You get lots of different fragrances, lots of different colours. The amazing thing about lilies is this, that is used to treat heart problems. They found that it can treat heart diseases and irregular heartbeats. Why is that amazing? Because the words from God's lips are like lilies. In other words, his words mend us. The Bible says he is close to what? Close to the broken-hearted. In other words, through his lips, he can mend us. He can mend our problems. And that's what he's done on the cross once and for all. He has mended the sting of sin. Dripping with liquid myrrh. This is a great one. If you can have the, um, the photo up, brilliant. That is a myrrh tree. I thought I'd put it up because I, I, I had no idea what it looked like. And that is a chappy collecting myrrh. But what the amazing thing is, is the process. So they slice the tree, can, they keep slicing it, and then out comes liquid myrrh, and then the liquid myrrh dries. What is more amazing is when we look through the eyes of our spiritual lenses, when we see how does this fit in with the Bible, how, what relevance does this have? The myrrh tree is sometimes known as a thorny tree. Jesus is known as the tree of life. He provides life to us, doesn't he? What did he wear on the, on the cross? He wore a crown of thorns, yes. But the amazing thing is, is how myrrh is made. Myrrh is repeatedly bruised and beaten and slashed until out comes the inward parts, the blood. And what happened to Jesus? For our sin, what happened? He was bruised. He was beaten. Just like the myrrh tree. And the myrrh is also found in the anointing oils. So the anointing we carry, God's Holy Spirit we carry, is only because of his obedience on the cross. Philippians 2 again, we're getting a theme, aren't we? That God is fully God and fully man at the same time. He came and he suffered, he lived a sinless life. And because of his obedience, he was raised to the highest place. When we think of the cross... I want to end on this. I always like ending on the cross because that's why we're here. When we think of the cross, the cross is both vertical and horizontal, isn't it? Up and across. Up. Later on it says that his... I'm trying to find it. His legs are like alabaster columns. Now, a column is something which goes from the ground and goes up. And it is representative of the divine. It's representing of God coming down, but he's also up. So the verticalness of, verticalness is that word, of the cross can represent his divinity. Horizontal, outstretched arms, is his humanity. And either side are two thieves. I've always wondered, why was God crucified 
with thieves. I thought, what did, what did Jesus rob? He didn't rob anything. And then it hit me. I was like, ah, he robbed the grave. He is a robber. And it says, he comes like a thief in the night. I hear some mmms. That's great. When revelation, when revelation hits you, it is the greatest thing. Revelation is God revealing God, and we need that more in our lives. We need God to reveal himself in every situation. So just a small recap. We've looked at a few things. We've looked at how we can love God with our emotions, how we can love God and praise his name because of his obedience. I, I'm not a poet. I'm a bit rubbish at poems. not amazing at English. But what I thought I'd do, I'd write up to verse 16 what the scripture meant to me, for me. This is not me rewriting the Bible. It's me internalizing it, giving myself a personal application to, to me and putting it on words and giving it back to God. So we can all do that because it's the song of Solomon. It's, it's Solomon's song. So I've called this the song of Reuben. Put your name in, the song of Susan. <laughs> okay. So using what we've kind of looked at today, I've written this. My beloved is brightness extreme like a sunbeam. He is the bloodstained man who loves me more than I can. His glorious leadership is perfect. You are the glory of God who took on my disease. In his eyes I will find my prize. Help me to get low and not to rise. His presence is full and sweet, so perfect and true. His word provide healing for my brokenness. Help me to chase after you. His power hinges on his hands as you continue to intercede for me. Your rule is strong with your government never ending. I love your reign and your decree. The God of the universe came down for me. You are lifted higher than any other reality. The naked God exposed on a tree. The tree of life nailed to a dead tree. His words uttered from the cross is meek. It is done. Nothing in you is bitter, only sweet. My Jesus is my beloved and my best friend. This is why I love him, the one who is all and will never end. Jesus, I thank you for everything. I thank you that as we love you more, we can love others more. And Lord, show us today what it means to love others more. Lord, even right now, put people in our minds to love more. Show us how we can love them specifically. Lord, right now, give us words to speak directly into their lives, Lord. Lord, give us words that will carry with them forever. That they will look back and say, yes, this person did this. They said this about me. That has changed my life forever. And Lord, it's not about us. It's always about you. So Lord, help us to stay in the shadow. I thank you for your faithfulness once again. Lord, seal these things. 
bring them back to remembrance. May this not just be a passing time, but something we, we listen to and meditate on your word. In your name, amen.